from Car Rigs and Ingram, this is It Figures, the CRI podcast, an accounting, advisory, and industry-focused podcast for business and organization leaders, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is looking to go beyond the status quo. Hello and welcome to another episode of the CRI It Figures podcast. My name is Robert Lemon. I'm one of the governmental audit partners in the in the firm, and we have a governmental episode for you today. The topic is going to be managing an accounting department. So I'm really looking forward to talking about this with uh, with our two presenters today. We've got some really good experience in this area. So I'm going to turn it over to the presenters to let them introduce themselves. First of all, Ray Roberts is with me today. Ray, do you want to introduce yourself, please? You bet. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate you allowing me to join you today. I, my name is Ray Roberts. I'm the, the government industry line leader for uh, Car Rigs and Ingram. I'm out here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, loving the, the weather at this time of year. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, sharing some knowledge I had about managing a, a government accounting department. Thank you, Ray. You, you and I have done a number of these podcasts together. You've always got a wealth of knowledge, so I know you're gonna gonna have some great contributions today and some great ideas. And uh, our second presenter today joining me is April Shuping. Now, April has a terrific background and, and, and a really unique background specific to this subject. So, April, why don't you introduce yourself? Thanks, Rob. Uh, I'm April Shooping. I'm an audit partner in the Gainesville, Florida office. Um, and I have been in public accounting uh, in and out, actually. I, I was in it, left, and I've come back. But in between, I spent about um, 15 years working actually in the finance department of local governments. Most notably, I spent 12 years uh, with the city of Gainesville. And uh, by the time I left to come back to public accounting, I was the finance director there. So I got a lot of experience um, kind of uh, in different levels of the finance department um, all the way up to leading it. So I'm really excited to talk about that today. Yeah, and I've had the pleasure of working with April for a number of years. And it's, it's no exaggeration to, to say she really knows her stuff uh, as, as good as anyone out there. So she's had, I, I, like she said, she's being modest, but she worked herself up to the top in the, in the finance department of the city. And, uh, and I had the pleasure of working with her there. So she knows her stuff. Okay, April. So I'm going to start with a question just for you, because you've got, uh, as I said, that unique finance director experience from a city. So just walk us through a day in the life when you were, when you were the finance director. What were your typical duties? What did it consist of? Is it you know, reviewing and approving transactions? Were you researching you know, debt opportunities, dealing with elected officials, I guess, um, you know, personnel type issues, all those sorts of things come to my mind. But but from your perspective, when you were living it, what, what was the average day like? So I'll, I'll say yes to all of those things. It could have been any of those things on an average day, but it really did change from day to day. Um, anyone in a leadership position in, in any entity probably would see that. Um, that that situation. But the one thing that was consistent was lots and lots of meetings. Um, we had some defined seasonal things like our audit and budget seasons. And the budget process in local governments is really one of the most integral, important, and time-consuming things we can do. And that one had the most meetings with department heads all the way up to those public presentations to elected officials. 
So my best answer is to say that an average day consists of a lot of decision making, a lot of surprises, being able to to adjust. And I never knew at the start of the day everything that I would do. Very good. So the ability to think on your feet and, and be uh, you know, not not afraid to get caught by surprise, I guess, as you say, you never know what's going to come uh, come across your desk during a day. Uh, not, not, not a skill all accountants have is the ability to uh, deal with that stuff. So, but I know you, you're very good at it, but f- from your experience, what was the best part of the job and what was the worst part for you? Yeah, it's a great question, Rob. Um, I'd, I'd say there were a lot of best parts. It's amazingly interesting and, and rewarding work. Um, working with the team I got to work with definitely stands out um, as one of the best parts. You're, you're so um, tightly connected with with your team of um, accountants, budget analysts, payroll specialists, um, all different levels of staffing. And the department became like family. One of the benefits of local government is typically there is lower turnover. And so you get you know, people that you may have worked with for a decade, they become really good family and friends. So and seeing those people grow and, and, and you know, succeed, it's been amazing. Um, the other best part, I think, and, and one of the things I really miss is getting to be a part of and have some influence on some of the big projects and initiatives happening in my own local community from funding the project, helping, you know, get the debt structured so it can be successful all the way up to completion stands out as one of the favorite things um, from when I was working directly in local government. Um, the worst part, yeah, I think I think you guys can probably all imagine it was politics. Um, all jobs have some kind of internal politics involved, but when you're working in a local government finance, it means you're on the first name basis with your local reporters, they get your cell phone, um, and you've got to be very conscious of the political issues and positions, um, more than you might expect if you're thinking, oh, I'm a CPA, I'm an accountant, I'm just putting the numbers in. Really, you get pulled into a lot of decision making and a lot of really um, high profile projects that you have to be um, careful how you uh, talk in front of the commission at public meetings um, and how you interact with the news media on those types of things. Yeah, that's really interesting for me to hear because, you know, obviously I've worked on the other side, on the audit side and and consulting side with a number of governments for for a number of years and uh, just the tiny glimpse of the political implications and, and, and pressures that I've seen is, is enough to keep me on this side of the fence for sure. So I, I, I don't envy you or anyone who has to, to kind of deal with, with those pressures, but uh, it's great to hear that you, you had an excellent experience being able to impact your community positively and working with a great team. So, so that is, that, that's really good for me to hear. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you had a good time doing it. Um, and, and, and I know you made a, a terrific impact to your community. So I'm sure they're glad you were there as well, but uh, but moving on with a few more questions. So, you know, you've, you've summarized some of the keys to, uh, to success. I work from what I can hear, it's the, the multitasking, not getting flustered by surprises, which, which would fluster me. Um, and, and, and I would imagine you'd, you'd also need to stay very organized with all the different things coming your way uh, from, from all angles. Um, you know, am I right in saying that those are kind of the, the, the top keys to success or, or, or do you have any specific top tips for success as a finance director? Yeah, it's a good insight, Rob. Those are all really important items. I mean, I think you, you 
are not going to be successful unless you can do all of those. Um, I'd add to that list interpersonal skills. Uh, so some of that emotional intelligence uh, becomes real key when you're leading a large, complex team of people with different personalities and skill sets. Um, and being able to get that team is my other biggest tip, that, that really you need to build a strong team. You cannot, if you try to do everything by yourself or understand, even to understand in great detail everything that you're going to be in charge of, you won't be able to be effective in that role. And so building that strong team, treating them well, um, understanding them, knowing them well enough to know their strengths and weaknesses, and then delegate, delegate, delegate. Um, you know, it, it, it can be really hard to do that when you're already busy, but the extra time it takes to train and supervise that team is minuscule when compared to the increase in effectiveness you'll get when you take those daily routine tasks off your list. Um, that builds that room in your day and year for making real change, real improvements, um, and a real impact on not just your department, but city government and the community as well. And so, and, 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 you know, really the side effect of that as well, which is wonderful is, is, um, your team love, your team's going to love doing new things, getting, getting, uh, feeling important, feeling valued, feeling like they're adding, being added, um, adding value to the organization. So as hard as it is, and as many times as you've probably heard it and, and, you know, intended to do it, but not done it, delegating is, is really going to be your primary key to success, in my opinion, in that role. That makes perfect sense. And, and it's actually somewhat consistent with what I've seen from other places. You know, any any, any good leader is, is going to have to have some good good people around them to, to assist them. And, uh, I, you know, we're, we're recording this in, in uh, 2021. And right now, everyone seems to be struggling with hiring good talent. And like you say, you need to have a good team. So recruiting the talent and maintaining the talent you have, um, training them up to, to be able to help you. You know, I, I have been seeing that as well with other governments who are trying to keep hold of their talented people and, and make sure they, they have that good team around them. So I think that's a, a great uh, key to success. But uh, let, me, let me flip it around then. So that, that's one of the must-do things for success. What would you say are the must-not-do items? Are there any big mistakes that you, you, you've made or have seen other people make that you'd like to share or things you just in general would advise people to, to stay away from? Yeah, so of course I've made plenty of mistakes, but I'm probably not gonna, you know, advertise those right now. But I will say the one thing, <laughs> the one thing, <laughs> the one thing I've seen really um, hinder people's ability to be successful. And I'm gonna, say, you know, this is local government um, specific podcast, but this again is gonna apply to any leadership role anyone is in. But it's when I've seen people try to make that step and 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 really. Um, not be successful. It's that lack of vulnerability and humility. So a lot there are people who you know feel like I'm I'm in the role of a boss, and so I have to act like I know everything uh, to get respect. And I've seen that backfire time and time again. So anytime, but especially if you're starting a new job, don't come in and immediately criticize and make changes and think or act like you have all the answers. Um, you know, even if you're right. Um, taking the time to observe, build connections, ask questions legitimately with the intent to learn, and then listen, listen, listen. Um, you know, coming into any kind of leadership role, but especially one as complex and visible as a finance director in local government. Um, you know, the people, a lot of those people there may have been there 20, 30, 40 years, and, and they, you know, the things they do, they know, and they understand what's going to work and what isn't. They may be resistant to change, 
but it's your job to help them see how that change helps them if it's necessary. And, and really the best way to get everyone on board with those changes is that that may be really good for the organization and the department as well, is to get the buy-in that you're only going to get by building those relationships first, asking the questions and, and legitimately listening with an open mind to the answers. So that added with the fact that if you don't understand or know something, admitting it and asking, I mean, that's how you earn the respect of the people who work with and for you. And so once you have that really, like I said before, that great team is what's going to make you successful. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and change doesn't come quickly in any organization. And I would hazard to, to say, especially not a government that there's often a few extra layers of of policies to, to, to go through to, to implement change. Um, but, but, you know, you want to do it right steadily and not try and disrupt everything on, uh, on, on day one, if you were to be put into that position. So that all makes very good sense. I, I'm going to drag Ray into this conversation here. We've let, we've let him sit on the sidelines long enough listening to us. So, so I'll, I'll drag him in and ask, you know, Ray, you, you obviously have terrific wealth of, of experience and have worked with some terrific professionals in the past. You've probably seen a few not so good ones. So I don't know what we're talking about here. Does it ring any bells? Do you have any kind of top tips or things to do or maybe not to do based on your experience of, of what you've seen go really well for governments or go not so well? Yeah, uh, Rob, I was when I was listening to April, I think she had some really good points about uh, becoming a leader, especially when you're a new leader and about changing and getting it the relationships built with your staff and, and creating a good staff. Uh, that, those are hard to do, uh, but incredibly important to do. And those are things you need to do, you know, and, and not come in and change and just blow off 20 years of experience and just say, you know, make the people feel like uh, they're, they're worthless on that. Some other things I've seen a lot of smooth talkers over the years and they're uh, real glad handers as I call it. And they, uh, get along with everybody, but they have no idea what's going on in their department, you know, or who's doing what. Um, so the glad hand and the, the, you know, real easy to get along with and, you know, everybody loves them in the room type kind of guy or gal, that's only going to last for a little while, you know, sooner or later, the rubber's going to meet the road and you're going to have to know your job. And uh, so that might buy you some time while you're the new guy. But you need to you need to know what's going on. You don't need to know how to do every bit of it. For goodness sake, I have no idea how to do half the stuff I uh, uh, I'm responsible for. But I know who does. And and this goes back to what April said about having a great team. And then you give uh, you got to make sure that you, you can deliver on what you say. Now, there's sometimes you just you think you can do it. There's no doubt about it. And it doesn't happen. But then you own up to it. You know, don't. Uh, don't blame somebody else. You know, I was just recently reminded of uh, I need to communicate better myself, you know, but I'm taking care of it. But I owned up to it. It's not it doesn't matter how busy I am. That's just part of my job. So own up to that and uh, go forward from that. And and if you think it's a, a stretch, be up front with them up front. I mean, early on and just say, hey, this I'm going to do my best to get this done. And but it's a stretch and we might not make this deadline. But communicate the, the heck out of that going forward and say, hey, you're a week into it or a week away from the deadline you said. And update everybody and say, hey, I, you know, I thought I could make it, but we're not going to make it. 
and but we're gonna go we're gonna i need a week but so knowing what's going on and communication uh, i think are uh, two big items that you uh, need to need to know when you're running a department so that those are great insights as always rare from you great insights but you know I'm, I'm listening to you and i'm thinking yeah these things obviously they apply everywhere you've got to know your job uh, in detail and, and, and not just be a smooth talker and you've got to communicate well but but for governments it's extra important because you know if, if you don't know your job sooner or later you'll get found out and if you're working for a government you at, at the top level you're going to get found out publicly and that's 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 not good obviously and and same with the communication if you've got um if you've got public expectation uh, in, not just internal uh, internal team expectations that are not being communicated and managed properly obviously you these things then blow up publicly because it's not been managed and communicated properly so yeah i think just to repeat what you've said knowing your role uh, in in detail and not just being a smooth talker but also great communication particularly key in governments in, in my opinion but uh, so thank you for those those insights I, i'm going to jump back to april got a couple more questions here to, to wrap things up but you know like i said earlier we're in middle of 2021 now and there's been a lot going on in the past year lots of stimulus funding you know covid uh, related funding for governments change is always constant but it, it just feels like for the last year and a half or two uh, it's been particularly difficult for, for governments with a changing landscape. Um, so April, as you look at the landscape right now, what would you say is the biggest challenge for an individual who's in a finance director role right now? So yeah, as usual, Rob, I'm going to give you more of an answer than you want. <laughs> I think there's some several really big challenges coming down the pipeline. Um, one that's probably you alluded to earlier in all organizations is, is getting recruiting and keeping great staff. Um, in governments, we we can see um, that, you know, due to a whole lot of factors over the last 20 years, it's getting harder and harder to find people who really want to work in government as a career. Um, specific to governmental finance, um, you know, we've got all of these new GASBs coming down the down the pipeline already issued, like the lease standard or even coming, you know, that, that they're working on right now, um, like an entire new reporting model. Um, that's a lot to add on to everybody's plate right now to, to figure that kind of thing out in addition to what else is going on. Um, like all of the new stimulus money, you know, a lot of governments are still spending their old stimulus money um, for, from CARES, and now they've gotten uh, multiple new funding sources from the federal government, which is, you know, a double-edged sword. It's great to be able to um, keep your services up and not be looking at layoffs, but there are a lot of requirements tied to those um, funds and a lot of decision making. You almost get into an entire extra budget season of how are we going to spend this fund, this funding that you are going to be involved in. Um, and so really those, those to me are, are, are three big ones. These, these big new um, COVID related funding sources, major new GASBs coming out and, and, down, and coming down the pipeline at us soon, and then keeping and maintaining quality people in that accounting team. Um, and, and so I, I would say those are the three real big things facing finance directors today in a government setting. Yeah, that, that makes complete sense. You know, all this funding is completely new to people. There's so much so fast. Plus, and that sound, that's kind of the same thing I'd say with the uh, GASBs. There seems to be so much coming so fast. I feel like they've accelerated the number of standards coming out. And, and as we've mentioned a few times, keeping a quality team, that's, a, that's always going to be a challenge. 
but a, and a very important one. So, so I've got, I've got one more question for you, April. If you were to give a piece of advice to somebody who wanted to be a finance director, what would that advice be? So I, I do think it can be an amazing career. I loved my time um, in that role. I would say start building early your skills, building yourself as a subject matter expert. And, and that's your technical skills and in, 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 um, accounting, budgeting, um, governmental financial reporting, and also those soft skills that um, you know I kind of talked about earlier, those, those EQ skills. Um, use those to develop relationships with your peers across the organization. Um, it, I can't tell you how helpful it was that I had department heads that I had been working with already um, and already had a positive relationship with when I moved into the finance director role. It just makes your life a lot easier and makes what you're doing more effective. They take a no from you, which is half of your job as a finance director is telling people no. Um, that that, that uh, They take it much better when you've already built those relationships. And then I'd say that the, the biggest thing is, is finding a great mentor to help help you as you grow. And that may be the current finance director, an assistant finance director in your organization, um, or someone within a, your professional um, organizations, you know, uh, in, in one of your state or local GFOA organizations, uh, someone who's at the job you would like to be at, and is willing to really, you know, meet with you on a regular basis to help give you advice on, on um, you know, different challenges that you may be facing or um, ways within your own specific organization to, to help you reach that level great information and ideas i always think a good mentor is invaluable and uh, so i love that answer and and uh, speaking of mentors ray roberts let me uh, let me come to you and let is uh, you, you've helped me a number of times in my career but i'm gonna let you close us out here similar question to, to you that i just asked april you know if, if you were to give some words of wisdom to, to someone who wants to get to the top of of governmental finance uh, and, and the profession, what would what would be those words of wisdom? You know, uh, April's done a good job of making it more specific to governments. But it, I think what she was saying, although it was related to governments, can be related to any business or any leadership style. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, try to do your best at doing what you say you're going to do, you know. Uh, you know, try to keep some balance along with it. Sometimes I have that problem of keeping my balance, but do what you say you're going to do. Uh, build those relationships with people outside your department, you know? So if, if you're in finance, you know, deal with the, you know, the road department or something like that, the heads of those, and make sure you have those relationships that uh, April was talking about. And as it relates to your team, give credit where it's due. I don't think you, as a leader, you never have to say, I did this or I did that or take credit for something. If you give it the credit to your, your people that uh, actually did the work, yeah, because you more than likely didn't do the work, if you give them the credit and give it when they're not expecting you to give it, you know, like in a public setting, you know, be sure to give that credit when it's due. And uh, if you do the right thing and give the credit to the right people, you're going to get your credit sooner or later. And so I think that's that'll help you uh, build that relationship with the, the people in your department far faster than uh, saying, I did this, I did that, and leave that out. You know, I think you'll be so much better off uh, uh, going forward in your career. Excellent tips, Ray. We, we've talked a lot on this, this uh, podcast about the importance of the team. When you get to the top, you cannot succeed without a good team. 
So motivating them, like you're suggesting, and, and helping them to feel valued, to, to stay in place, and it's going to really help drive the success of the whole team and, and, and the success of the leader. And, and, and also, like you said, once you get to the top, you need to have to know people outside of your d department, your, your function. You, you're going to need to work with all the other departments. So that I think those are two, two excellent uh, tips. So with, with that high note, I think that that's a good place to leave it for, the, for this episode. We've had a really good conversation and, uh, with, with April and Ray, and, and I think given, received some very valuable insights and, and perspectives from two people who've got great experience and have really achieved a lot in their careers. So so many people that I, I listen to a lot and value their input. With that, I'll sign off the podcast. So thank you all for listening. Please do check out our website, CRICPA.com. There's a bunch of other episodes of podcasts up there, as well as articles and other useful marketing materials that, that you might, that might be interested in, and technical content on governmental stuff but also for a bunch of other industries. So, so feel free to check out our content on our website. And thank you again for listening. Goodbye. If you want more CRI insights or are interested in learning about our firm, please visit our website at CRICPA.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of It Figures, the CRI podcast. You can subscribe to It Figures on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review.